So Hebrews 10 continues the thought of Jesus' better sacrifice mentioned previously in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 and 14. It's a discussion of what many Old Testament passages have brought to attention as well, the inefficacy of animal sacrifices. So the question is, if animal sacrifices can't accomplish anything, what does? The first four verses of Hebrews 10 explain what was so deficient in the old sacrificial system. It never really dealt with the problem of sin. Sure, you had forgiveness in that moment, but then you just go on to sin more and more and need to bring more and more animals to carve up and burn on the altar. Otherwise, our author says in verse 2, wouldn't they have stopped offering them long ago? But these old sacrifices could never perfect the worshiper. It was like putting a band-aid on a cut that needs stitches. And so all of it became just a reminder of how sinful God's people were and how there was no way out of that sacrificial system. In verse 4, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So a better sacrifice needs to be offered. So Hebrews turns to Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8, to describe the superiority of Christ's sacrifice. It's a fitting psalm to quote from, speaking of all the wondrous things that God provides. And when thinking of all the good things given to him, our author can only think of Jesus. What better gift could we receive other than his son on the cross for our sake? But the psalm quotation takes the offering of Jesus in a slightly different way. Hebrews begins quoting it in chapter 10, verse 5, saying, Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So the emphasis is not simply on the sacrifice of Jesus, but more importantly, his perfect obedience. Because without that obedience, the sacrifice of Jesus means nothing. This then explains why animal sacrifices couldn't take away sins. The animal itself can't obey God's law, and as an animal was worth so much less than us. But Jesus, by offering his perfect obedience to God, even through suffering, shame, and death, finally gave God what he wanted perfect obedience to his will. And this is what verses 9 and 10 indicate as well. Jesus' obedience to God made him the better sacrifice that could finally take away sin and perfect the worshiper. So while the priest of the old covenant stands ready to offer sacrifice daily, giving offering after offering, Jesus has completed the sacrificial work and has sat down at the right hand of God because there's no more sacrifice needed. In verse 14, by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now, that perfection doesn't mean that one of Jesus' benefits is sinless perfection. A further explanation of how Jesus' sacrifice was only needed once is found in verses 15 through 18. Hebrews, again, is quoting from Jeremiah chapter 31, reminding us that we're under a new covenant. And one of the key benefits of that covenant is found in Hebrews 10:17. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. If sin is no longer remembered and forgiveness is offered, then there is no need for any more sacrifices. And that's what Jesus' sacrifice accomplished for us. So Hebrews has been building this argument for a long time. And now in verse 19 is telling us how to respond to all of it. So to recap briefly, because the revelation of Jesus is far more important than the revelation at Mount Sinai, because he can sympathize with our weakness, because he provides better promises and works as our high priest under a better covenant with a better sacrifice, 
we can and should enter into the presence of God with boldness. And when we do, we need to do everything we can to stay there. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And the rest of the chapter gives us some really good thoughts on how we hold fast. We can hold fast without wavering because God is faithful, we're told. We waver because we doubt God's love and faithfulness towards us. We think that because we're suffering, that something has gone wrong, or that God isn't paying attention to us. But God is faithful and wants us to succeed, and he's going to help us hold fast. We hold fast also by being with other disciples of Christ. Our regular gathering is not exclusively for the purpose of worshiping God. It's so that we can also encourage one another to greater love and more good works. Christianity is a team effort, and when we neglect to meet with each other, we're missing out on one of God's greatest blessings for us. And then third, we hold fast by remembering what happens if we let go. Verses 26 through 31 are no gentle reminder of what happens to those who abandon God in favor of their own comfort. If we continue to sin deliberately after God has saved us, Jesus' sacrifice isn't going to do anything for us. Instead, we have only an expectation of wrath and judgment. If those who rejected Moses were justly condemned, how much more so will we if we reject the better things that Jesus has given us? Hebrews reminds his audience in verses 32 through 39 that they started the race well when they first believed. They struggled with suffering. They were publicly shamed, but they were there for each other, visiting one another in prison, even if it meant losing their homes, and all because they were convinced that it wasn't worth the hope that Jesus gave them. Therefore, Hebrews says in verse 35, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. So here we are 2,000 years later, and we're waiting for Jesus, and it might seem hard to hold on to that promise that seems so slow in coming. But as we see in Hebrews chapter 11, we have so many examples of the faithful who are going to hold on tight to what God gives us. And when we hold on tight to the end, the reward, which is greater than anything we can receive here, is going to be ours. 